Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Welcome in. It's Jags Drive Time on a Wednesday morning. J.P. Shadrick in for Ashlyn Sullivan. Brian Sexton, senior correspondent, along with us today. And John Osier, Jaguars.com senior writer. Good morning, gentlemen. Brian, uh, just trying to move forward and, and get on to Tennessee at some point. Yeah. Um, I heard a show last night with the coach. Um, I thought it was a good show. And we're, you're going to get into big things. And we're going to talk about focus. You know, and, and we didn't talk about this on Monday morning, JP. Uh, we, we waited till after the coach spoke. And obviously, a lot has been said and written about it since then. Um, I think I just add this. Protect the team is more than just the coach or the players. It, it's everyone in the front office. Because um, you're not just protecting the team. You're protecting the market. I mean, the Jaguars, we have always, since day one, had to... We've had very little margin for error. We've always had to be our best. And we haven't always been, obviously. Um, but when it comes to things like this, we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. Everyone looks at this marketplace and they don't think it's a great market. They look at the football team and they think, well, it's not a very good team. And people want to point their fingers at us. And so we have to, as a collective, both the, the, uh, the coaches and players on the football side, the business side, and the fans uh, and supporters in this area, um, for Duval to be its best, we all have to protect the team. Well, John, good morning. Yeah, good morning. I mean, I, you know, the only thing I would have to say on it, and it was, it was my first answer in the Ozone this morning, Shad Khan in the statement talked about regaining trust. Urban Meyer talked about regaining trust. There were the reports out there yesterday about the locker room and all that. You know, and I don't necessarily not believe the reports. This is an earth shaker in terms of relationship with coach and players. And I don't think anybody would really deny that. I don't think Urban Meyer would deny that. So as I wrote this morning in the Ozone, it feels like that process starts now. This is where we move forward. You know, not to bury it, but what's done is done. Can't control what happened. Now we've got to figure out what's going on. And I do think the rebuilding of trust, it's a major issue. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, JP. Yes. I want to share one thing. It's my favorite quote, and it's from Abraham Lincoln. And he said, the best thing about the future is it comes one day at a time. And that's my message to the coach and to the players today. Their focus is, is right here in front of them. They can't worry about what's done or what they see here or read. They can't worry about the coach. They have to worry about themselves. And so one day at a time is the only way they can go forward and get ready for the Titans on Sunday and give themselves a chance to compete and win. Yeah, better worry JP? about it. Yes, John. Uh, Brian's right. I was at that presser. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little while ago, but John's been at it for a long time. Let's get to big yeah. things today and start off with the focus. The players can only control what happens on the field, of course, and what happens on the field this Sunday is the Tennessee Titans come to town. We did hear from head coach Urban Meyer yesterday on the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars radio network and all this noise around the organization the last couple of days. Urban Meyer responded to the Shad Khan statement that was released yesterday and how difficult the meetings have been the last three days now. Conversations have been horrible. Uh, it's, uh, I, I own the mistake that I made. It was a, uh, I've always looked at the job of a coach for 30-plus years that I've done this is to you know, 
everything you can possibly do to make your players comfortable play the game. That's sports performance. That's to give everybody uh, the best possible situation. You put them in a good scheme. You put a good group of assistant coaches around them in a safe environment, and then get out of the way. And I didn't do that. I became a distraction, uh, made a stupid decision, and uh, I apologize to it. I certainly understand our owner, Mr. Khan, has been uh, fantastic since the day I met him. And I apologize to him as well and, and uh, have to move forward and regain the trust. The full audio from yesterday's show available on the official Jaguars podcast network. And next, something has to give. Well, Derek Henry is on the other side this week. you got to slow him down. We know what he's done against this team in the past. He's had maybe not a great day. And then the second outing, usually it's a huge day against the Jaguars defense, at least the last three years. That has been the trend. You've got to slow him down and get to him early. And then finally today, our third and final big thing, Trevor Lawrence. It's all about the quarterback. I think this is evergreen. We could use this every single drive time big thing if you wanted to. Trevor Lawrence is the key. There is some improvement as the weeks go along. It's all about him moving ahead and, you know, cashing in some opportunities later in the game and, and maybe himself willing a team to the winner circle. All right, guys, uh, well, you know, coming back to it now. That, that's a big thing here because, you know, let's start with the quarterback. That's the number one thing. He's playing better. There was a big drive in that game when the when uh, the Bengals had tied the game 14-14. He leads a scoring drive down the field. He's throwing the ball over the place, has the long pass to Agnew. They did get a defensive holding call down close to the goal line to set up the touchdown run the next play. But that was a, a big-time drive for the quarterback to, you know, answer the bell a little bit there, guys. Yeah, no question. I, I thought out of everything that happened in that game, the first half was fine. I mean, getting up 14 nothing, they had done that before. I had seen that before, and that felt, okay, this is what we game planned for before the game. We ran our script. Everything was comfortable. Everything was confident. You can do that. Uh, I, guys, I think it's been a long time since I've seen a drive like the one JP just referenced where – the chips were sorted down. There was pressure on all of a sudden. Momentum was getting away. And all of a sudden, the Jaguars went down and scored. Trevor, I think the one that stands out is the, is the 27, I think it was, uh, passed to Agnew. Yes. Big-time play in a big-time moment. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting him, but I haven't seen that in a long time. To do that at that moment, they didn't do it the next drive, but to me, that was the first step. The, that was the best I've seen this quarterback, this offense, this franchise since this regime took over. And JP and John, look, this is what we expect because we know what Trevor Lawrence means to this franchise. I mean, if, if folks feel bad this week about the coach, turn the coach off at this point and focus on the quarterback because as long as the quarterback is progressing, everything's fine. This kid is the foundation, the bedrock of this franchise. And we saw that last week, the throw at the end of the half to set up the uh, the first and goal situation. I mean, it's this kid is tremendous. And as long as he keeps making progress forward, I'm not sure a lot of people who are watching this would agree with this statement, but I'm not worried about the one loss record this season. I kind of had an expectation that it was going to be more losses than wins because that's what happens with rookie quarterbacks. Peyton Manning got three wins and threw 28 interceptions. But as long as you can say after the game he was better, then things are just fine. 
We've got plenty ahead on Derrick Henry and how to maybe slow him down. When we come back, we'll get into this or that and try to slow down the Jaguars or the uh, the Titans running game with Derrick Henry in the backfield with his dreadlock bouncing around and drawstrings flapping as he runs. Let's try not to get him going. We'll try to figure that out when we come back. It's this or that, and we're off and running. It's Jags Drive Time on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jags Drive Time is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time, presented by Jet Home Loans on this Wednesday morning. Price.com is the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping, cashback, coupons, all in one. It's free. Try Price.com today. J.P. Shadrick in for Ashlyn Sullivan on this Wednesday. Brian Sexton and John Osier. And it's time now for This or That, presented by Price.com. Brian, you're going to get us started with the league's leading rusher. Yeah, the guy who's been the league's leading rusher since the start of the 2019 season. You mentioned early that in the first game, the Jaguars have done a better job against him in the second. So let me give you the numbers. In the first game... Of the two-game series going back to 2017, which was Henry's second year, he has gotten only an average of 70 yards per game and just 3.7 per carry and scored two touchdowns. So in the first game of the two matchups, the Jaguars have done a good job historically against Derrick Henry. It's the second where things get away, and he averages 167 yards and 7.37 yards per carry and has scored eight touchdowns. So the Jaguars, historically speaking, have a good chance on Sunday because their defense is playing better. They're fifth in the league right now in yards per attempt allowed at 3.5 yards per attempt. So something's got to give here. Either the Jaguars are ready to step up or Derrick Henry shows everyone why he's the best running back in football. So my question to you guys is this. Do you sell out to stop him knowing that if he has a big day, you have no chance to win? Or do you trust your defense in the way that it's played in recent weeks and just play it straight? And, uh, and trust those guys up front to get the job done. What do you think, John? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a tough week to beat Joe Cullen on that front because it, regardless of what the history says, the other part of the Derrick Henry story or trend or whatever, he's playing better in September this year than he ever has. So I don't know that you can assume. He's always been a guy, from a distance at least, who looks like he gets going as the season goes on. Uh, this year, it seems like he's getting going fast. So I wouldn't necessarily assume that he's only going to get 70 if you sort of ignore him. You still got to put a hat on him. Uh, I, I think you sell out a little more, though, because the wide receivers for the Titans, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, missed last week. It's hard to tell if they're going to play because they're dealing with hamstrings. So it's hard to know. It'll probably be game time. But they're probably not going to be 100%. So maybe you sell out a little more than usual. But – JP, you sell out a lot anyway. Derrick Henry. Yeah, you, you have to. Uh, if not, he's going to get outside and start uh, stiff-arming little guys all over the field, up in the air and out of bounds and you know have highlight reel-type runs down the sideline. We've seen that firsthand before. Uh, so, yeah, bring an extra guy. Why not? For good measure, you have to at least slow that down or it could be a long day at the office. I'll go next today. And this or that is presented by Price.com. It's either keep running the ball – 
or air it out with newer receivers for the Jaguars. They're running the ball pretty well when they run the football with James Robinson. Carlos Hyde was not available in last week's game. Trevor Lawrence was involved a little bit more as the weeks have gone on. He's jumped into that running game and the read option, the keepers. I don't think you want to make a real habit of that, but it is a good little wrinkle to have to keep Trevor a little balanced maybe in the game. Or, you know, with DJ Chark down now, you're starting to see some new faces come into the offense. Uh, a guy like Agnew, who made a nice catch, but he's only been a receiver for like a week and a half, basically. I mean, he was a little bit last year, but not long. Um, you know, I, for me, uh, I'm, I'm thinking you still want to run the football. That's what this team was going to do to begin. That's who they should be. That's who they are. And then air it out when you have your opportunities. Brian, what do you think? I'm totally with you. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen an injury report to, to know where Carlos Hyde and that shoulder that bothered him last week are. But if he is going to play, then I would keep hammering the ball for the obvious reason. It sets up play action. We saw the Jets take deep shots with success on Sunday against the Titans. And you want to give your chance. Sorry, you want to give your young quarterback every chance to be able to make big plays down the field. Plus, I just... A little cutback on the five-yard touchdown run by James Robinson showed such incredible vision. I mean, that that really is his great attribute, that he sees things opening up before they open up. I just, I just give him the ball and then hammer with Carlos Hyde. Good block by Linder, too, John, by the way, on that play. <laughs> it was. And, you know, I agree. For the time being, I think you have to be run-centric, James Robinson-centric. You guys know me. I believe at some point you have to have a high-level passing game. You know, I don't know that with DJ Chark out, with just Marvin Jones and just LaVisca Chenault, as realistically, those are the two guys now that have to be your go-to. I know Jamal Agnew has a chance to be a, a special weapon. I don't know that he's going to be the guy who gets you 90 yards a game, and I don't know anybody else is going to do that. So I don't know that they have the receiver core to go be, quote, high-octane right now. So uh, be, be high-octane, I almost said hockey-octane, be high-octane on the ground with James Robinson and see if you can't squeeze some things out there until the passing offense is ready to be an NFL elite-level passing offense. That's where they are right now. That's the state of affairs on offense for the Jaguars. John, take us home with this or that. Well, my this or that is either – I can't really see what I, I wrote here, but <laughs> if you rally for a huge victory, which would be as galvanizing as you can imagine for this fan base, which hates the Titans, or you succumb to the noise. And, you know, that's what everybody outside our little Jaguars world is going to think one way or the other. If they win this game, it's going to be, hey, they overcame the adversity. If they lose it, it's going to be, hey, the locker room separated. They're not playing for Urban. You know, so uh, I don't know that that's going to be the reality, the last part, but that's sure going to be the perception. Every little, you know, Facebook group you see that chats about the Jags, JP, and I know you're on there. I know you're chatting with those people. Um, you know, every dialogue is going to be that. So that's going to be it. I think they play well. I don't think they win. I think the Titans are, are a desperate first place team that feels like it needs to get the season back on track. I think they play better. And I think by playing better, you can avoid a little bit of that ladder noise I'm talking about, Brian. Look, um, having done this as long as I have, all logic and reason say take the Titans. 
because this is a huge distraction this week. It's absolutely massive. However, the way the Jaguars played last week against Cincinnati, and, and Cincinnati has a much more explosive offense, and the way that the quarterback played in particular, really, it, it, to me, it, I was starting to lean towards taking the Jaguars here. Then I watched how the Jets took their shots down the field, and I thought, you know, this might be the moment where they steal one, where they get one at home. They've been playing the run really well. You can't remove the distraction, but I'm just going to go for broke and say, like I did on Monday's show, I think the Jaguars find a way to win the ball game. And, and the huge factor is going to be they can focus on Derrick Henry because those two receivers aren't as big a factor as they might be when they play in December. It would be huge. Obviously, it would snap a 19-game losing skid, 0-4 to start the season. And at that point, it would put the Jaguars one game out of first place in the AFC South. We'll come back in a moment. And the Ozone Snapshot is dead ahead. More John Osier when we come back. It's Jaguars Drive Time on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle, and Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time on a Wednesday morning presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick, Brian Sexton, John Osier in for Ashlyn Sullivan today. And over 30 communities to choose from with the best selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, personalization. That's the DreamFinders Homes difference. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com. All right, we're back, and we're going to dig into the Ozone mailbag with the Ozone snapshot. Uh, Here's the first question today. This is from Sean from Jacksonville. What's the story with Lambeau? Is his self-doubt fixed, John? Yeah, I wish I had an answer. You know, I... I included this question because I figured we haven't addressed this topic in a while on the show. He, he's going to compete for the job this week with Matthew Wright. Uh, I'm not sure what that means in practice. I think at some point they will have to put Lambeau back on the field to see if he's through his issues. I'm not sure you find that out in practice. Uh, I don't know whether he'll, he'll kick this week. Uh, Brian, I've been around a lot of kickers in 27 years. I haven't figured him out yet, so how do you answer this one? Oh, what makes you think I have either? I, word, word on the street is he's still working through it, just from you know what I've heard. I, sure. I don't know. I, no one knows. I, I don't even know if Josh knows until he goes and kicks the ball and gets that, that, uh, that infusion, that surge of confidence back. I think if he goes out and kicks a field goal and, and gets that back, he'll be fine. I, he's one of the better kickers I've ever been around. He's got a big-time leg, uh, but no one knows. I'm, see, that's going to be the interesting part. How's the coach going to decide? Right? Yeah, at, I mean, I think at some point, JP, you got to put him back on the field and see. Yeah, yeah. And That's the only competition I can imagine. That's right. And, and to Matthew Wright's credit, he made all three extra points. It wasn't even a concern on Thursday night. Uh, they didn't have to line up for a field goal, but um, they, they could have right around the goal line, but they chose to go for the end zone instead. Uh, next question, Daniel from Jersey City, New Jersey. Oh, man, did you fail to account for Trevor's beautiful flowing hair in your quarterback choice? Well, this was in reference to a question. There's some people saying, well, look, Gardner Minshew had a better statistical game in X, had a better game sometime. And I, 
it just sort of baffles me, JP, how you can watch Trevor Lawrence and not think that he is on his way, that he's going to be the next guy. But look, the hair is absolutely stunning. Yeah, it's wonderful. You get distracted in press conferences by it. He's the total package, flowing locks included. But look, don't ever think that because of statistics, on a serious note, whatever his stats are right now, he's comfortable in the pocket. He's confident. He is poised in the pocket. He's doing quarterback things. Ask anybody around the league who's watching this kid who knows quarterbacks. They'll tell you he's on his, he's on his way, locks included. Oh, I can't believe we saw Gardner Minshew back on this show. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Gardner Minshew was a lot of sizzle. I mean, the guy understood how to do that. But Trevor Lawrence is both sizzle and steak. I have no comment on hair matters. Next question. KC <laughs> from Orlando. With DJ Chark's injury, do you think the need for a new number one wide receiver in the next draft took a huge leap up? It feels like we have not had a real money wide receiver since Allen Robinson. Hmm. Yeah, I, the injury really didn't change my stance on it. I, 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 after watching the first four or five games, or three or four games, I, I think that has become a priority for this franchise at this point. If you look around the league, the the teams that are really going have a go-to guy. And uh, this week, AJ Brown. I still consider right now AJ Brown the Titans' go-to guy until Julio sort of gets right and shows it. But big-time teams right now seem to have that guy who really scares you. Uh, I think it was three in the first round this last draft. I think along with quarterback, it feels like that position is going to start getting pushed up because it's so vital with the way the rules are. I don't know that there's a number one on the team right now, no matter who is out there, I mean, no matter who is healthy. Uh, So, yeah, I think finding a number one, finding an alpha is going to be a priority. And it appears, JP, that there are some guys in college football who will fit that bill. The kid at uh, Southern Cal, whose name I forget, but the uh, Garrett Wilson kid and the Alave kid at Ohio State both look like they're that. I'll remind people, A.J. Brown, who looks like one of the better receivers in the league, was a second-round pick. Uh, C.D. Lamb and Richard Jefferson, both bottom third of the first round. So depending on how the board falls, you don't necessarily need to go and reach at the top of the draft for that wide receiver but it's, it's got to be a massive, that and cornerback uh, would, uh, in my estimation, be positions I'm going after early. Yeah, that said, JP, and I know yep. I'm interrupting, yep. I don't know if that's the route they'll be able to go. I mean, because obviously they have needs uh, at a lot of positions. And we thought, like Brian alluded to, I kind of thought they were set at some of these premier positions. Cornerback, I thought they were set with C.J. Henderson. Well, now all of a sudden prime draft capital going to have to go to some spots that maybe they thought they had figured out. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, there's some needs, it, it appears, unless something changes over the last 13 games yeah, or and 15. It's only week five, and we're already addressing needs for 2022. That's the way things have gone Yeah, that's probably not so fair. Far. That's probably not fair, but you're right. But it's what it is. I mean, that's, that's the way things are, and 0-4 record will do that to you. Let's come back and wrap it up with some closing thoughts. That'll do it for the Ozone Snapshot today, and this is Jags Drive Time on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time. Legal sports betting is coming to Florida soon. 
Go to hardrocksportsbook.com for the latest details leading up to launch. Must be 21 and physically present in Florida to wager. Concerned about gambling? Please call 1-800-522-4700. J.P. Shadrick, Brian Sexton, John Osier, final thoughts of Jags Drive Time today. You know, I, I think it's Chris Berman who always says, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Well, John, it feels like the Jaguars need a little bit of that karma this weekend. Circle the wagons and focus on Tennessee. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, one thing that I didn't say in big things that I wanted to, our quote about Urban Meyer talking about it being horrible when talking to players. I got some questions and I got some feedback from fans that they interpreted that as being that the conversations went horrible, that it didn't, have, it didn't go well. I took it more to mean Urban really just feeling awful about the situation. Yes, you follow me? That's right. That for him, it was horrible. So, you know, if people are listening, you know, I, I think you can interpret it a little more that way. It felt like some of the sites that write third hand off things interpreted like, oh, it's still blowing up. I, I didn't take it that way. But, you know, that's just an aside. But, yes, overall – They've got to try to shut this out and, and end this talk now as much as possible while they're together, while they're preparing. What do you think, Brian? I think take it one day at a time. Take it, you know, even more than that, JP, take it one hour at a time. You know, get in front of the team, get them out on the practice field, get them in the meetings, do the things that you do, and just, you know, what's the old saying about um, who said it, John, a thousand years ago, the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. This is an elephant this week. It is impossible to get around, to go through. You just got to take your little bites of it here and there. Some of it's not going to taste very good. And just get to Sunday and see if you can somehow take a huge bite Sunday out of the Titans. I wasn't at that availability, Brian. I didn't hear that quote. <laughs> That's been George Washington's inaugural yeah. or Or Shun Tzu or somebody, you know, right. a thousand years ago. On that note, let's call it a day. Uh, Brian, John, appreciate you, and we'll uh, talk to you again most likely tomorrow. Trent Padilla on the video side. Uh, Brent Reber on the audio side. Our thanks to Ashlyn Sullivan as well. For everyone involved, I'm J.P. Shadrick, and this is Jags Drive Time on the Jaguars Digital Network.